Well, hey there, everybody. It is the fierce female finance revolution, and you're here with me, Hillary, as your host and person that just kind of likes to give you tips, tricks, advice about anything and everything related to finance. Now, right now, it's about five o'clock in the evening on New Year's Day, 2023. Now I am going to be like everybody else and say, oh my gosh, how in the world is it a new year already? It seems like it was only yesterday when it was 2022. And, you know, everything had so much promise. And this year was really interesting. There were a lot of things that happened, a lot of things that didn't happen, and some twists and turns in between everything. But man, I'm just like so drained from the holidays. Does everyone else feel that way? I don't know. There's just something about, you know, getting through December. You know, the we have the winter solstice, which is just literally two days after my birthday. My birthday is December 19th. And I turned 38 just a couple weeks ago. And also, you know, when you have a birthday, sometimes you get a little bit extra, like, reflective and want to take stock in, you know, the direction that your life is going and what you're doing with your time. Because um, I'm a firm believer that time truly is the most precious commodity. I know that, you know, a lot of us aim to live our lives, to strive to make money, earn money and use that money into converting it to life experiences, which is something that I am trying myself personally to do a little bit more of. Uh, Or you, you know, use the money to obviously live off of basic needs. And, you know, hopefully you have a little bit left over for those wants. And, you know, then you've got your obligations that you've got to pay for. Um, whether that's a mortgage, your rent, student loan debt, auto loans, uh, credit cards, whatever that may be. Um, And, you know, this year has been, I want to say, fruitful in a lot of ways. Um, You know, I keep reading so many personal finance books from the library, I might add. So... Anyone who's listening and does not have a library card to their local library branch, please do yourself a favor and get a library card because your taxes pay for them. So you're entitled to be able to use those resources for free. It's literally one of my favorite things to do. And since I live in LA County, if my local branch doesn't have the book that I want, they essentially will get it for me and let me know when it's ready for pickup when I request it and put a hold on it. So that's another random tip and trick for you all. Um, I love telling everybody in my moneymakers class to utilize the library. Um, 
one of the finance books that I really kind of took to this year was discovering and reading um, John Bogle's books. And I'm kind of just in the midst of reading a couple of them right now. But the first one that I read and finished was Common Sense Guide to Investing. And I really do think that it is a great starter book. He did one on mutual funds first, but it really, this, this one book is so tiny, compact. It talks to you in just simple English because, you know, investing, there's so many different things that you can invest in, in different types of accounts that, you know, are taxed differently. Some have different monetary limits to them. Um, If you withdraw money, there are different penalties depending on what type of account it is, yada, yada. And this at least just breaks down how um, important it is to really understand that whatever you invest in to be wary of the fees that you end up paying as the investor. So with mutual funds, since those are actively managed funds, they usually have a higher expense ratio because you're paying for the managers that buy and sell those securities within the mutual fund. And then you're obviously incurring, um, you know, additional costs with that that's associated around those, you know, buying and selling and trading so frequently. Um, And then also there's obvious like fund advertising that you're paying for within that expense ratio. So, Anyway, I've kind of taken a look at my own holdings within my Fidelity accounts, my two brokerage accounts, and my Roth IRA that I recently, well, this last spring, I converted to a Roth, so I will have a tax burden. Um, But fortunately, the stock market has been down epically this year in bear market territory across all three benchmarks, Dow Jones Industrial Average, the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500 in varying, um, in varying percentages. So, you know, I think that honestly, what else could life like throw at us? You know, I think it's important to take everything with a grain of salt and look at big picture that, you know, I am not using this money. I am not investing anything that I'm going to need in the immediate future. And that is what I always tell people about investing is that you need to have at least a five-year time horizon before you're going to need this money. Because if we have another 2022 where everything is down 20%, 10 to 20% that, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to sell things at a loss, hopefully. And I'm here to tell you like a lot of my positions are in the red and it never emotionally feels very good when you log into your account to see so much red. Um, but (laughs) This will be a blip on the radar in the long-term scheme of things so that when one day I'm in my 80s and 90s and living off of this money, that literally December of 2022 will be kind of, hopefully, a great buying opportunity. So I just keep buying and you keep looking for opportunity 
to make money um, wherever you can, however you can. Um, I'm not going to give investment advice necessarily because I am not investment licensed, but I just like to share with all of you kind of what I'm looking at and what I'm doing with my money. And this was an interesting milestone that I kind of reached in the fourth quarter of 2022. I'm going to share with you guys um, what I realized. So as most of you know, I have my master's in fine arts and cinematography and film production from UCLA that I got in December of 2011. And so it's crazy that it's like, I look back, I'm like, wow, that was 11 years ago. Where does the time go? Talk about where does the time go? And I was on income-based repayment for two years, had $30,000 of capitalized interest tacked onto my federal loans. Thanks a lot. I'm gonna save that rant for another episode. But so when I first started my debt repayment journey, I had about $8,000 left in undergrad debt. And then I had 100K of initial graduate debt, which then ballooned to 130. So I had about $138,000 once I was really in 2015. This was January of 2015. So it was eight years ago now that, you know, Chris and I had just gotten married a few months before and something needed to change. I needed to make the changes necessary to get us in a better financial situation. Like having a negative six-figure net worth um, didn't feel good. It was not feeling good. I had just turned 30 and I'm like, this has got to stop. And I didn't know what I was doing or how I was going to do it. But I'm telling you, you just like set, I mean, talk about a new year's resolution that in 2015, my new year's resolution was to figure out my student loan debt and to take actionable steps, whatever means necessary to get out of it. So that's what we did. And it took a little under three years to go from a negative net worth of about 145-ish thousand dollars to zero, to having a zero net worth. That was pretty crazy. But I'm going to share with you all now that in the fourth quarter of 2022, now obviously the account has kind of vacillated. I did inject um, some extra cash that I was holding and I've put, I've deployed. I like, I like saying deployed with my money because I look at that as I'm sending my money out to do, to do a job and to... You know, deployment, I think a lot of people think of when they hear deployment, they think of like, you know, military service and that you're on a deployment somewhere. And my money right now, the most recent deployment is going to be a temporary deployment. And they are in a six month short term CDs, which stands for certificate of deposit. So um, right now, the interest rates on those aren't actually too bad. 
I remember getting like a 3% CD from Bank of Hope for like $1,000 back in 2018. And that was, I think, a two-year term CD. And it was like 3% or something like that. It was like not that much. And now since, you know, inflation is high, obviously the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates. And as a result, um, interest rates have been increasing, not just for bank accounts, They've been increasing for auto loans, credit cards, but also short-term certificates of deposit. So you lock up your money for a stated term, kind of like a bond, and the bank, it's all FDIC insured, the bank will pay you interest. Um, I have chosen CDs that will pay me interest monthly instead of at maturity, but since the six months is not really that long, You get your interest at the end of the six months and all's fair in love and war. So I realized that when I was deploying this recent, um, you know, stash of cash that I wanted to get a little bit of rate of return versus just putting it in, you know, I have my, I have my standard auto investments, but this was extra kind of like that I had that, um, I really wanted to deploy for something meaningful And it was at this moment, kind of a couple weeks ago, when I was looking at everything, um, that I realized that even though, you know, the stock market has been in bear market territory for pretty much most of 2022, and I've been auto investing, plus ad hoc investing as cash flow um, allows me, you know, I've put in quite a bit of money, I would say, this year. Um, auto investments is about $1,900 or $2,000 a month. And then um, I'd have to tally up everything. I haven't done that yet um, in terms of everything else that I've kind of put in at random. Like my limit orders that I had uh, back in like September and October that fulfilled that I, of course, am now down on because the market has even gone down since then. But hey, what can you do? Um But long story short, my Fidelity portfolio is now about pretty much at where I had my negative net worth. Now I have positive net worth and these are just my investment accounts. So it doesn't include the real estate that Chris and I have and hold collectively as community property. But these these are my, this is my investment accounts that I've been working on, you know, with only my money. And I just wanted to share with all of you that, you know, I now have a positive net worth, at least with these investment accounts at around $135,000. Now, if the market was at least, you know, if it hadn't gained, hadn't lost, this would be even more. But even though it's down 20%, I'm at this level now. And I became debt-free in April of 2018. And it took me about three years to repay all of that student loan debt. And it took me a little bit longer, but about the same time to see a positive in the other direction to the same amount of money. So I'm telling you over the last you know, looking back at eight years, you know, it's interesting when I really kind of get that bigger picture 
you know, 2022, it can be a little microscopic at times and you can kind of have a more narrow tunnel vision. Um, and you could be frustrated with how the year turned out or maybe just indifferent and neutral about it. But I think it's just interesting that when I really look back on kind of a little more longer term horizon, that I have really come so incredibly far from where I started eight years ago to where I am now. And I really have nothing but hope for the future. I, I always do try to maintain a positive attitude about, you know, my situation. You can only control what you can control. And everything else, you know, that happens that's out of your control, well, we just kind of will pivot and deal with it and manage it as best as we can with the tools that we have. But, you know, I can control the amount of money that I put into my brokerage accounts every single month. And I can control where I want to put the money into what different funds. And that to me feels meaningful. I do have control. I don't have control over the price because obviously it's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. Everything has been so incredibly volatile this entire year. And, you know, I was never, I was never invested in the stock market in the 08, 09 financial crisis meltdown. Never. So I don't know what that feels like to lose 50% of your account. But I do know how it felt in, 20, in March of 2020 when I lost 25% of my account quite literally overnight. I do know how great it felt to see it bounce back and then some in, 2020, in 2021. I'm getting tongue-tied. But then to turn around in 2022 to see, to keep buying But to literally see your account go down. (laughs) I'm telling you. So it's like, I think it's really these difficult markets that really define the type of investor that you are. You know, look at it as a buying opportunity. And I'm really trying to get better at like buying things for myself, not just, you know, I don't know, I get a real high off of like seeing my investment portfolio grow, to be honest with you all. And I know it's absolutely 100% from, you know, me repaying all the student loan debt off in such a short amount of time, but going so incredibly like full on with that and not having any space for anything else in my life. That's what really, you know, the sac- well, that's what the sacrifice was. And um, I think it's also really important to have that sort of mindset that we're only young once. You know, I started my debt repayment journey when I was 30 and now I'm 38. And there's other things that Chris and I are looking into to um, invest in and create Um, you know, more wealth for ourselves that will hopefully allow us to become more work optional as time goes on. Um, 
And I just think that once, you know, you free yourself from, I will literally say this, from the shackles of debt, as much debt as I was in, it felt like tangible shackles with like tangible weight that I was dragging behind me every single day. I had that. I'm telling you all, it was tangible, felt it every day of my life. Once you're freed from that, you can literally do whatever you want with your money. But I'm telling you, like, I'm going to share this one random story real quick with you all before we close out this episode. Um, Chris and I were out at our desert home and, oh my God, we have so many like home improvement projects that we were trying to get done. Our toilet was like, you know, we thought it needed just a new flapper, but then it kept refilling. And so then Chris replaced the whole innards of the toilet, but then it leaked and like, it was like, basically we need a new toilet. So it's that type of like home improvement stuff where you like think you can do it and you only need to do a little bit, but then you realize, no, we just need a new toilet. Like the toilet's old. We just need to replace it all. So, you know, fuck it. But anyway, in between all of the annoying kind of like home improvement projects that we were doing, we decided to watch, or I really wanted to watch Gone with the Wind because we have a VHS player and we have that on VHS. I found a thrift store for probably 50 cents or something like that. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of controversy surrounding that movie as of recent, um, but I, I, I truly do love it. It is such a beautifully shot film. It's a wonderfully acted film. Um, and, you know, Rhett Butler's character is so spot on. So if you, if any of you, you know, haven't, had a watch of Gone with the Wind in a while, I highly recommend it. Um, Because, you know, I mean, he really did say, like, it was the South that was stuck in the past with slavery. So I think it's interesting that when people want to get really political about it, that it's, you know, a bad movie because it glorifies slavery. Well, the South did glorify slavery. The South had slavery. But it was Rhett Butler that said, no, this, this must change. And of course, you know, you have Vivian Lee's character, you know, Scarlett, who is just a bumbling, rich, bitch, idiot. And it really wasn't until the middle of the movie where she, you know, has endured the Civil War. Granted, she, of course, didn't fight in it, so she has a different experience. But she was determined to never be without money and to never be poor and to never be hungry again. And, you know, I think that for her, for a character arc, just looking at that movie from a character arc perspective, that was really the turning point for her. So when we were rewatching this, you know, when we were watching the movie, I was like, oh my God, this is like crazy. I totally forgot that she had that kind of like revelation. Um, and that, you know, that spurred her to become this businesswoman. That yes, she was doing business with all of the Yankees that came down from the North to rebuild Atlanta and the South and all of this, that, and the other thing. But I just think it's just really interesting that when you 
go through something that is so incredibly like traumatic that you make a promise to yourself that you're never going to be in that situation ever again. And you're going to, these are her words, lie, steal, cheat, or kill. I mean, those are some pretty crazy things that she was willing to do to never be in that situation ever again. And yeah, you can say it's extreme. I mean, duh, it's a movie. Like, give me a break. So take it with what, take it as you will. But I just wanted to share with all of you that I just thought that that was interesting. And I had forgotten, uh, you know, particularly about that kind of turning point in in her character arc. And um, that's really like how I felt when, you know, I got out of student loan debt. I was like, I'm going to be damned to ever feel this guilty and shameful and mentally ill about feeling this way ever again. I'm never going to do it ever again. And it's still taking me some work to get through it, you know, to like feel worthy, to feel like, oh, I can spend like a little money on myself and buy some like work clothes. Like I still feel guilty about that, you guys. Like I just dude, sometimes these experiences, they change you. And that's really kind of like what I wanted to impart with all of you is that some of these like financial moves that you make for yourself in your life can be so incredibly dramatic. They will alter you for life, hopefully in a positive way. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, my intention is to just impart everything that I've experienced to you. So if you ever feel guilty or shameful about whatever financial situation you're in, don't, don't be. Um, I think, you know, it's just important to talk about it um, in whatever way, shape, however you want to talk about it. I just think that it's important to get it out there and to not hold it in because, you know, the longer we hold things in, you know, the worse it can be and the more it can affect you in, in, in your life, however that may show up. So anyway, take that with what you will. I'm not sure what your uh, New Year's resolutions are going to be, um, but I hope that um, whatever they are, if you do them, that uh, you are fruitful with them and go forth and, you know, leave leave the world every year in a better place, you know, personally than where you were the year before, I guess, you know, that's kind of all I can say. That's my hope. And that's kind of how I try to operate. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, anyway, I do want to do a quick plug for my money makers group. Uh, we hold our meeting once a month and it's going to be Um, Our next meeting will be Saturday, January 21st, 2023. So if you're interested in joining, it'll be via Zoom. Um, Email me at ladies.money.makers at gmail.com. And you can follow me on all the socials. I have a WordPress blog. 
If you type in Hillary Carroll, you should just find me. You've already found me here at the podcast, which I'm so thankful that you're here. And um, I'm going to be starting up my other social media accounts, but work is, of course, fortunately going to be happening here in the next day or two. And it will be probably a little sporadic, but I am around. So Instagram and TikTok at Debt Free Hillary, as well as Twitter. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Happy 2023. Go forth, shine your light onto the world and to um, the people that you interact with. Be kind to one another and I'll catch you all in the next episode.